Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you turn in your, in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 26, verse 69 is where we'll begin. Matthew 26. We're going to cross that chapter barrier and go on into Matthew chapter 27 this morning. Um, If you happen to look at your bulletin and see the title that I uh, gave this message this morning, you might feel kind of depressed. (laughs) Denial and despair. Um, This text, uh, you know... Let me just back up a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I am committed to preaching verse by verse, expositionally through the Bible. We started in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, back in Christmas the year before last. And we are on our way almost to the conclusion here. And one of the things about going through the text verse by verse is you don't get to skip anything. And we have wonderful passages, and I'm not saying that this one isn't wonderful, but we have wonderful passages where we see healings, we see miracles, we see, uh, we see wonderful teachings where, where Jesus talks about how he, he, he goes after the lost sheep. We see all these wonderful things that we can really be, uh, be joyful about. And then we come to a text where Jesus' closest disciple denies him, and another one betrays him and kills himself. This text that we're looking at this morning is kind of a somber text. And I probably, if I was just kind of trying to go by my feelings and pick a text that I felt would be encouraging to everyone, I probably wouldn't pick this text. But it's God's Word. And we need to let it speak to us today. What we're going to see today, with one interruption here in the middle, the bulk of this text deals with Peter's denial and Judas's despair. Let's go ahead and read our text beginning in verse 69 of chapter 26. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came up to him and said, you also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him and she said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly, you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. And he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. When the morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. 
And they bound him and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate, the governor. Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking the silver piece, pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them in the treasury, since it is blood money. So they took counsel and bought with, the, bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel. And they gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all of it. Those joyful parts that make us sing and those parts that are somber. Father, we pray that you give us eyes to see this morning, ears, ears to hear, and hearts to obey and to understand. Lord, give me grace and strength as I preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been following the scene up to this point as I've been going through Matthew. We know that Jesus had the Last Supper, and at the Last Supper, Jesus predicted that Judas, or that one of the disciples was going to betray him, and we knew even from that point and earlier from that point that it was Judas who would do so. We saw how Jesus had told the disciples that if they struck this shepherd, when the shepherd was struck, all the sheep would be scattered. All the disciples were going to fall away. And we know how Peter stood up and said, no, even if everybody falls away, I'm not going to. And Jesus there warned him. He said, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Last week, we got to the passage where Jesus was arrested. And in verse 56 of, 26, of chapter 26, it says that then all the disciples left Him and fled. So when He was arrested, when the shepherd was struck, they all scattered just as He had said would happen. Now Peter, while he was fearing, he stayed outside the courtyard, in the courtyard, maybe watching and waiting to see if he could get a glimpse of what was happening. And while he was there, a 
we have this story of three different occasions, people coming to Him. The Gospels don't all, all have them in the same order. But we get the picture. There's no contradiction there. There's always a way to harmonize this. One Gospel writer may only mention one person when there was more than one person there, or vice versa. Um, so there's no contradiction in the fact that there's the details don't all match up 100%. The point is, someone came to Peter and said, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? And Peter. Though he had told Jesus, I'll go with you to the death. Though he had, had been fully confident in himself and in his own strength. He caved. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. And as if to intensify it. Each time it seems to get a little bit more intense. You know, the first time, all he does is say, I don't know what you're talking about. The second time, someone comes to him and they say, oh, you're one of His disciples, aren't you? You're, you've been with Jesus of Nazareth. Not only does Peter deny Him, but he, he swears an oath. This is not talking about cursing, but he swears an oath saying, you know, may a curse come down on me if I know Him. He intensifies how, how much he, he is denying that he even knows Jesus because he's afraid. And then finally, another comes to him and says, your accent gives you away. You must be a Galilean. And Peter not only swears again, and, and, and I mean this in the sense of swearing an oath, but he also curses. Every time it gets more and more intense, in his denial, it, it, it is saying that he does not even know Jesus. He was so confident in himself, and yet Jesus was right on target, as we would expect. Before the rooster crowed, he had denied Jesus that he even knew him three times. And I think, while this is a just, it's, it's kind of a sad passage, it's a somber passage, it's one that we can probably all relate to. <laughs> because each one of us has probably had those moments when we just were confident that we would be able to stand with Jesus. That we wouldn't give in to that temptation one more time. And yet when the moment came, there we were right back again. That's our nature. That's what we're like. We're just like Peter was. And while this is a kind of a discouraging passage, we, we can relate to it because we're just like Peter. We may not deny Him with our words, but we 
we deny Him sometimes with our lifestyle. We deny Him with our actions. We deny Him every time we sin. You know, something I never noticed before until it was pointed out in my reading I did for this week. If you notice, if you read through the rest of the Gospel of Matthew, after this passage, they don't mention Peter again. It's kind of a downer, isn't it? In the Gospel of Matthew, you can read the rest of the story and Peter's not mentioned again. Thankfully, we have John. John, the Gospel of John, and the other Gospels too. I think it was in Luke where Peter was one of the ones at the grave. But John, uh, in John, Peter and John raced to the grave. And John, the one who, the disciple whom Jesus loved, the way he referred to himself, he beat him there. He, he, he was bragging that he beat Jesus to the grave. And also in John, in the Gospel of John, we see something else that I think is a great encouragement to us. Jesus comes to Peter, draws him aside, and restores him. He, he asks G- Peter, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, I love you. Peter, Jesus asks him again, do you love me? Peter again says, yes, I love you. Jesus, this happens three times, just like He denied Him three times. Jesus asks Him three times. And each time, Jesus tells Him, feed My sheep, feed My lambs, tend My lambs. In Peter, we see that prophecy was fulfilled. All the disciples, even Peter, were going to be scattered This happened because it was ordained by God that it would happen. And yet, Jesus restored Peter. He didn't lose Peter. We can find great comfort in the end of the story that Matthew doesn't record, but we know from the other Gospels. When Peter denied Jesus, it wasn't the end of Peter's story. Jesus didn't let go of him. And he won't let go of you. Our next section here, when morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. I think this is telling us the context of what Judas is going through. He saw that the chief priests and the elders who had just um, put him on trial that night, they had decided they were going to take counsel to have him put to death. They were going to deliver him over to Pilate. That's the one who could do the execution. The Jews didn't have the power to execute someone. The Romans did, so they had to turn him over to Pilate. And now, in verse 3, when Judas saw, when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, when he saw that he was 
turned over the one who had the power to execute Jesus legally, he changed his mind. He relented. Now, this is not biblical repentance. This is not uh, uh, the kind of repentance that leads to life. It was regret, but it was not repentance. He changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. He confesses, I've sinned by betraying innocent blood. But the elders and the chief priests, they say, what's that to us? You take care of it. Judas is very different from Peter. Again, both things happen to fulfill Scripture. Jesus said, over and over again, we see that Judas, his betrayal happened to fulfill what the Scriptures said. And we sometimes wonder, well, what happened to Judas? What happened to Judas? Will he be in heaven one day? Will he be forgiven? I don't think the prospects are very good. Now, Jesus can forgive anything. But we have at least a hint also in the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John... Jesus says in His high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, of all that the Father has given Me, I did not lose one except the Son of Destruction that the Scriptures may be fulfilled. So I think that that is our hint that Jesus, He he will hold on to those who are His. But Judas was an example of one who was never His. He had all the appearances, but from the very beginning, he was a son of destruction. Judas, he had no hope. He had no... um, All he had was despair. He never lived to see the resurrection. He commits suicide. He hangs himself before the resurrection ever occurred. All he knew was this one he had hoped would be the Messiah and lead a political revolution was now handed over to Pilate and condemned to death. He despaired in his misery and he hanged himself. He ended it. Verse 6. But the chief priest taking the pieces of silver. So Judas had thrown the silver into the temple. We're not sure exactly what part of the temple. But he threw the silver into the temple. And the chief priests and the elders, they took the pieces of silver and they, they, they said, it's not lawful us for us to put them in the treasury since it's blood money. You see the hypocrisy there? They recognized it was blood money. They they knew what they were doing. They were conspiring to kill an innocent man. They knew what this was. So they had enough scruples. They weren't going to put this money into the treasury of the temple. So instead, they did something that was lawful. The hypocrisy that they had. They they, They would have scruples about how they were going to spend this money 
But yet they were okay with turning over Jesus, an innocent man, to be killed. They spent this money to buy a field, the potter's field. And and they would buy this field as a place for burial for strangers. Now, Matthew goes on and he tells us, he says, Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took 30 pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. They quote, it quotes this scripture passages. Now, there's a little bit of a problem here. One, the words in the text here actually match closer to Zechariah 11, 11 through 13. Yet it's not a perfect match to that either. In fact, uh, Zechariah 11, uh, 11 through 13 doesn't mention a potter's field, whereas Jeremiah 19 does. So a lot of people, they, they look at this and think, oh, well, Matthew must have quoted the wrong prophet. But I think actually what's taken place is Matthew fused two prophetic words together. He, he was talking both about the Zechariah passage that mentions the 30 pieces of silver and also the Jeremiah passage and he fused the language together and saying, this is what happened in Old Testament prophecy and that's just like what happened to Jesus. What happened to the Old Testament prophets? God's people had rejected Him and so the prophet was to buy a field, a potter's field, and it was to be turned into a, a burial place. And that's what happened here with the 30 pieces of silver and Judas. It was turned into a burial place. Now we've dealt with the text. How should we understand this as a whole? I want to turn back and, and think about what Jesus says in John chapter 17. Of all of those that the Father had given him, I've lost not one except the son of destruction. In Peter's story, the one who denied Jesus, we see the one who, even though he denied Jesus, Jesus didn't lose him. He didn't let him go. Whereas Judas the one who was prophesied that he would be a son of destruction, that the Scriptures may be fulfilled, he's that one that would be lost. Jesus said, except the son of destruction. I want you to know, if you are trusting in Jesus Christ, if you are looking to Him, you don't have to worry that you're going to be like Judas. You're going to be like Peter. If you are trusting in Him, if He is your only hope, if you have thrown yourself on the mercy of Christ at the cross, then whatever may come your way, if you're not strong enough to endure through it, He's strong enough to pick you up and carry you through. 
He's strong enough to forgive whatever you have done or may do. He is strong enough. Jesus will forgive. There is no one who has ever gone too far to be forgiven. Look to Jesus. He will never let you go. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.